What's up, everybody? This is episode... What's up? 33. 33. Start that again. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Episode 33, KT Confidential. It's been a weird morning. Today... It's been a long week. It has. Uh, today we're talking about home maintenance, stuff you need to do around the house, things that are neglected. We're in houses all the time. And Top we, 10 tips for maintaining your home. Well, we might have more than 10, but at least 10. I've Minim- got a list of 10. I've got things on my mind that aren't on the list. On the list, 10 items. I'm going to add to it. Let's start I would say with, these are the top 10. I don't know about that, but let's start. What's the number one on your list? It, Not necessarily in any specific order. This is a total random order. Number one was smoke detectors, just because this morning you commented that you need yes. to change your smoke detectors at home. Yeah. How long have you been in our houses? Eight, Eight years, years. Almost exactly. Um, Can you believe I've lived next to you? Yeah. It, for eight years? Wow. I got to admit, it was a questionable decision, but it's worked out okay. Okay, so what's happening? Uh, well, mine have, we've replaced one because they started they started beeping. Beep, beep. Yeah. But I don't think Alicia replaced it, so I don't know. But I don't think they have backup batteries in those ones because they are hardwired. I know some have yeah, hardwired and backup. Ours do not. Right, I didn't think so. So I guess that is, I think I'm spitting here. I'm getting excited about smoke detectors. But I guess as they approach the end of the life, which is typically 10 years, if you read a lot of them, although that's maybe a stretch. Um, Anyways, mine's beeping. So we need to replace two more. Here's what a lot of people don't know about smoke detectors, though. It's not necessarily an age thing if they are more prone to dust, like if dust is getting into them. Yeah, uh, sensors get all messed up. Yeah, that can affect them too. I swapped mine out uh, Last year, the year before, for the Nest thermostats or the Nest, the Nest uh, Protect. Uh, Nest Protect. Do you think it? They're a lot of money. I, double the price. I don't know how much they are. More than double. They're 150 bucks versus you can get a good CO and smoke combination for like 60 to 70 dollars. Yeah, but uh, first of all, it's an. I believe it's an investment uh, well, in the protection of your home and your family. It's a number bit of two. A if, if I log in right now into my Nest uh, account, it'll I notify have a, you. I have a Nest thermostat. You can check on the status. Um, it does uh, updates, which uh, provides you updates on its condition um, as well, and uh, it talks to you. Um, so as an example, a couple of nights ago, I burnt something in the um, garlic bread. I burnt garlic bread in the oven and there was smoke uh, in the hall, but not enough to set it off. And uh, the Nest uh, Protect comes on and says, uh, heads up, there's a bit of smoke in the hallway. Um, so if you're not home, it's nice to get those notifications, right? Like, Is that why it burnt? Because you left the house? And you left the bread in the oven? Well, I got distracted and I left the bread in the oven. I was home. Okay. But if you're not home. I mean, in any event, home automation, home tech, it's always nice, but not necessary. So for something that you replace maybe once every eight to 10 years, why wouldn't you spend that extra money to get something that notifies you wherever you are? Okay. Well, that's a dilemma I'm in right now. So maybe I'll take that into consideration. And another thing to take into consideration, if you want to keep up with new building code and practices, which are obviously in in place for the betterment of your health and safety, um, new code requires not only one on every level within five feet of a stairwell, but also um, in the bedrooms. Yes. So every bedroom would have one. And I don't know if it's a requirement, but they all have strobes, it seems now. 
That's true. I don't know if that's building code. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. But something to consider. Mm-hmm. So there you go. First thing on the list. How old is your smoke detector? And replace it if you need to. Yeah. And I'm a big advocate of the um, the Nest Protect. So I think it's a good investment. I love it. And uh, gives One me, neat thing it does is if it detects mind. CO and, and you have a Nest thermostat, it'll shut the furnace off. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. So they work together. They talk together and shut yeah. it all down. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What's next? Furnace filters. That should be common sense. I can't tell you how many homes that we've either inspected or uh, listed in our first visit as a pre-listing kind of thing where the filter has not been replaced in a long, long time. So this is the time of year now that you're starting to use your air conditioning. Um, it's nice to give your furnace uh, a breath of fresh air and make sure that furnace is, or that filter is replaced. Um, a lot of people don't know actually that the more expensive filters might actually bog down the performance of your furnace. Yes. Because they have more layers to them. And they restrict airflow for sure. Airflow more so than the cheaper ones. So when you're restricting the airflow, it may it's making your furnace work a little bit harder. Uh, so I actually use you know some of the cheaper uh, versions, and I replace them more often. Yeah. Well, when we had our ducts cleaned, uh, the uh, HVAC guy said to do that. He said, "Don't waste your money on these expensive filters. Just buy the really cheap ones and replace them often." So unless maybe you have like really bad allergies. I was just going to say there there might be special circumstances if you have uh, especially children uh, that have allergies. Um, if you have potentially a lot of pets, you know, if you have a lot of cats in the home, you might have a lot a lot of dander getting kicked up. And, and some of those cheaper filters um, aren't going to catch at all. Um, so... So it's something to consider. So you might want Or if it's the springtime, you've got the windows open, pollen's coming in the house. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, What a lot of people need to recognize is if you are living in a newer subdivision, uh, especially this time of year, if you have the windows open um, or, you know, just opening the doors more often, the front and the back doors, you're going to let a lot of dust into the home. Um, so have a look at those filters. Change them a little more often. It's it's for the betterment of your health uh, and the life of your furnace. And if you're selling, and um, you know we see it all the time, if we go to do a home inspection, the inspector always pulls out the filter if it's filthy, dirty, and obvious that it hasn't been changed. Uh, immediately, it, it gets it raises red flags, and depending on how the home inspector words it, it can cause probably bigger issues than it needs to, but. You know, they, at that point, the, the prospective buyer may be concerned about, oh, well, if they haven't been doing this, what sort of conditions the furnace in? What else have they been neglecting around the house? So simple thing, replace it definitely on a regular basis, but for sure before you sell. And here's a little tip. You can order these filters online from so many different places, Walmart, Amazon. I think even Home Depot will ship them out for free. Stock a few of them. Keep them in. I wonder the if Costco room. sells them in like big boxes. They do. They do. Uh, I don't know how many is in their packs that they sell. They sell the fil- filtrate. Filtrate. Oh, those are the expensive ones. Uh, but they have the different um, and a couple of different options. Um, but my tip is keep several of them in stock. 
Like if you have five or six of them at you know any given point, even if you start running running a little bit low, at least you still have one there because most people's excuse is, oh, I don't have one. And then you forget to get it. Well, and for landlords, if you have a property being rented, you should be on top of that stuff too because it's probably less likely that your tenant's uh, taking the initiative to maintain things like that. Uh, certainly not to the same degree as a homeowner would take care. Uh, so providing them with those filters or going for semi-annual visits and replacing them yourself uh, it could extend the life of your furnace. Yeah, providing them and showing them how to install yes. it. A lot of people install the filter backwards, backwards uh, and that's a little bit <laughs> defeating the purpose of it. Yeah. Um, so do it do it on a regular basis. It, it it makes a lot of sense. On that topic, another thing on your list, I saw you write down something about servicing furnace and AC. And so you mentioned uh, when you're selling your home to make sure that the furnace filter is replaced. Another great tip, if you want to sell your home for more money and have a successful home inspection, spend the... I don't know how much it costs to do a furnace and AC on, uh, on average, but less than 200 bucks. Get a professional HVAC uh, company to come in, inspect the furnace, inspect the AC, do a maintenance on it. Uh, they'll open it up. They'll make sure there's no leaks, rust, um, make any adjustments that need to be made. And then they'll throw a little sticker on the furnace that says it's been, it's been serviced. So when a potential buyer or that buyer's home inspector comes in, they've got that peace of mind that the homeowner is taking care of the major components of this home. Yep. That's a good idea. I agree. <laughs> what else is on there? <laughs> uh, caulking windows and doors. A lot of people neglect that. Um, there's so many houses you go to where the caulking is just shriveled up and rock hard and cracked and it's serving zero purpose. It doesn't keep the air in or out. It doesn't prevent water penetration. There's no seal. There's no seal. So um, I don't know, once or twice a year I go around when I just remember it. I check the caulking, make sure it's still a little bit soft. And um, as long as it is, you should be fine. But once it starts to get hard, it's time to replace it. And these are the simple fixes that anybody can do. You know, you go on to YouTube and you Google a few. Well, Windows maybe you want to get something to do, especially if you have second level. You may not want to get up on the ladder and do it yourself. But but even if you have to hire somebody, it's not a huge oh, expense. Yeah. Um, All the any uh, penetration points. So if you have any ductwork coming out, like your water heater, exhaust, uh, that tube whatever it's called, <laughs> and uh, furnace, exhaust pipe. exhaust pipe, furnace, your bathroom vents, your um, range Dryer hood. vents even. Yeah, dryer vents. Yeah, anywhere that air or even water can penetrate through. And your uh, door seals too. You know, the door seals, um, much like caulking, will keep that restriction of, of flow. Oh, you mean like the rubber door seals? Yeah. Yeah. Those are easy to replace too. Very easy to replace. And over time they compress. And when it starts to compress, you end up getting space between the doors. And, you know, in the heart of the summer, when you've got the AC pumping and it's 35 degrees Celsius outside, you want to keep as much of that AC inside as possible. 
the smallest little leak and you're you're losing some of that so you're you're paying more for your hydro than you should yeah you mentioned dryer vent this, this is a sorry this is a great time actually to be doing that kind of stuff yeah it's nice outside it's nice outside so um get out there and do some of that yeah dryer vent dryer vent so you mentioned that for caulking but also lint yeah that i've i do mine i don't know I'd like to say once a year. I don't know if it's that often, but... You vacuum it out? No. Because mine, you'd have to take down and recock it and too much work. So what do you do? Well, I clear out any um, any lint that has accumulated at the end, at the actual cover. Uh, and then inside, behind the dryer, you always want to open that up. Make sure it's still sealed properly. So that is actually exhausting properly. And uh, it's easy to undo those clamps, take it off, make sure there's nothing in there. And make sure you've got the right ductwork. Like a lot of people have the flexible one and really long runs of it, where you should have the solid one because lint is going to get stuck in all of those little divots. Yeah. So um, I I don't know. I mean, if we had a firefighter on here, they'd probably say that, uh, lint is a pretty big culprit when it comes to house fires. For sure. So the neglect of, of leaving it in there. Yeah. Uh, lint traps you should be doing. I, I mean, I, we do it basically every time you turn the dryer on, right? It's easy enough. Before lift, every load. Lift it up, clean yeah. it out and uh, worthwhile doing. Yeah, it should. I mean, to your point, a lot of the, um, the ducting that people use is either incorrect, too long or whatever. It should be vacuumed out too, um, because you will not get all of it just by going from the exterior um, uh, flaps. No, and, for sure. And, and trying to vacuum that out. If you do have a good um, duct cleaner, uh, they'll do that for you. Uh, so the guy that uh, does a lot of the uh, homes in Milton, uh, Dave Murdoch, he um, he'll do that um, as a courtesy a lot of times because. Um, he knows that's a big issue. Um, next on the list is checking your attic. Yeah, it's a good one. Most people never go up there. Not unless they see a stain on the ceiling. And by then it's too late. But this, <clears throat> yeah. this time of year, uh, again, it's nice outside. So your attic is probably nice and warm. Um, and there's lots of daylight. So you can actually see up there. Uh, a little bit better than you might during the winter months. But this is a great time to have a look, especially if it is raining outside. Um, poke your head up. Make sure that there are no leaks. Um, make sure that the, you know, if you've had big windstorms, that um, insulation hasn't blown around. And it makes you, you want to make sure it's consistently, you know, spread out evenly so that you've, um, it's working effectively, but also that it's not covering any of the soffits, which would prevent that's, airflow. That's the big culprit right there. A lot of times we see people get additional insulation blown in, or even the new home builders haven't taken the precautions of protecting those soffits. And the guys that just go in and blow that insulation, they don't really care a lot of the times and you're restricting the airflow. So what happens a few years later, you're not getting that proper airflow and you're going to get mold. It's inevitable, yeah. Um, yeah. but also the um, the bathroom vents. Yeah. Sometimes if they're venting through the attic, um, it can happen where those vents become dislodged or um, they're- Or if you're buying an older house, it may not be insulated. Yeah. 
and you may get condensation from that. That's common too. So if you have an older house, check. You might want to get a new uh, vent put in. Yeah, and don't forget, uh, during the winter and spring months, there's a lot of rodents that are looking for a nice, warm, cozy place to live. Um, They've probably moved out now, so uh, it's a good time to poke your head up, see if there's any trails, any droppings, um, and start the preventative measures now uh, before the fall season begins and they come back. It's also a good hiding spot for Steph. Yeah. I had put Alicia's engagement ring up there. It was there for Before a, f- you proposed? a few months. Yes. I don't know if I have anything in my attic at this house, but in my old home, um, I have some um, valuable uh, sports collectibles and I kept them in a um, sealed, sealed box in the attic. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I listed the house for sale. I wanted to make sure that they were out of out of the way, so I hid them uh, hid them up there. Oh, another thing with the attic hatch, you want to make sure that the weather stripping is good, yep. because otherwise you might be losing a lot of your cold air or hot air through there. I know ours is bad because it's in the walk-in closet, and that walk-in closet is always either stifling hot or freezing cold. So that's an easy fix. I should listen to my own advice. Well, that's the thing. A lot of people might be listening to this going, yeah, 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 I know it. Well, I'll do it. Because sometimes you, you forget or uh, you just, you know, it blows over your head and you you say, yeah, I'll get around to it. But these are important things. These are things that will save your your life, your, your money. Um, and uh, upkeep of the home is crucial. And in our line of work, when we see a well-maintained home, a home that's been cared for and and these items properly addressed on a regular basis, those are the homes that sell for more money. Consistently. Consistently. Okay, uh, this was one from your list, washer hoses and dryer hoses. Another one I'm a culprit of. I've not changed ours. I have because we had the laundry room custom. All your uh, cabinets. All the cabinets and all that. So when they pulled it all out, I had them. Yeah, change the hoses, but they expire after. If you have this five basic, years, six yeah, years. the basic hoses will last, I think, five years. I think there's a date stamped on them. There's a hundred percent an expiry date. Like, yeah, how many people know that there's an expiry date on your uh, hoses? So, and it's even more important nowadays because a lot of people have laundry rooms upstairs. So the last thing you want is a hose, uh, the line to your washer to burst on the second level when nobody's home. Then you're done. Huge insurance claim, but a lot of work to repair. Um, the basic hoses, I think, are five years. You can get nice braided lines that will last longer. Yep, that's what I've got um, now. Another good thing, if it's accessible, easily accessible to start practicing, is maybe uh, shutting off the tap when you're not using it. If you want to be, you know, as a preventative. Some people are really nervous about if having access to laundry it. upstairs. Yeah. Well, and a lot of like Madame uh, homes, a lot of them don't have a drain. Yeah, I think they're starting to. But it's no different than any other plumbing fixture on your second floor, really. Like water, what's the difference between that and a tap? Yeah, water will find ways and it'll it'll go to the path of least resistant and just find ways um, to spread itself around. Like it'll it'll go through the grout yeah, of your of tiles it'll go through the uh the vents through your hvac system that's that's scary stuff um and now a lot of washers and dryers 
have the steam function. Yes. So you have additional hoses. Um, Potentially, yeah, to the dryer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it just, it's leaving you exposed to potential uh, leaks. So have a look at them if they are expired or starting to weather some of them. Because it gets, it can get warm in a long. Well, even if you don't see any signs of it, how much can they cost? Ten bucks? Thirty. Thirty for a nice one, maybe. Thirty bucks. Yeah, so just replace it. Shutting off your main water while you are away. So do you do that? Yeah, hundred percent all the time. So do I. When then you drain the taps. You know, insurance companies they do have a clause in their coverage that if you're away from the home for a certain period of time. And it's not long. I think it's a few days. I think it might be even 48 hours. Yeah. Not only do you have to have your water shut off, you have to have people come in and inspect the home, like uh, check up on it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, save yourself the heartache of of a potential disaster and leaks. And uh, if you're going to be away for a weekend or for a week or longer, uh, just go down and shut the main water valve off open up the some of the taps on each floor and uh, let the water drain out. Yeah. Well, you won't have a problem. And some houses, actually, I think in the house we bought, the valve was like super hard to get to, wasn't it? Like they made a tiny little cutout oh, for yeah. it. So if you're finishing your basement, make sure it's easily accessible because that's really important. If you've got a flood in the house, something's going, you need to shut the water off quickly. You need to be able to get to it. So don't jam pack your... You mean don't hide it behind the uh, the walk-in shower that you built oh you did that yeah yeah well as long as you know where it is and how to get to it yes but i uh, know nobody else does and some people will have it in a room that's just full of shit like boxes and needs to be easily accessible yeah and it's a good habit actually to open and close it once in a while anyway so the actual valve doesn't seize which well which leads into one of our other points that's right there are tons of shutoff valves throughout the house so you've got your main shutoff valve and then every plumbing fixture maybe with the exception of baths and showers uh so every sink under the sink you will have your hot and cold water line and each line will have its own shutoff every toilet will have its own little valve to shut off the water and you should do that at least once a year because we've actually, when we moved into this office, we needed to change the toilet. The shutoff valve to the toilet Need versus want wanted to change the toilet. It was pretty gross. I'd say it was pretty on more on the need. The than staff want. are happy we changed it. It's I'm not sure. like we got a fancy toilet. Um, anyways, the valve was seized, so they couldn't shut the water off to the toilet. So they had to shut off the water to the building in order to change the valve to the toilet. Yeah. Um, now, if you've got a a leak, you're all of a sudden water starts shooting out of your sink somehow, and you go down and turn it off under the sink, it doesn't shut off. Well, now you got to run downstairs while the water is filling up your bathroom. So, same as the toilet. Actually, I had that happen. The valve popped right off of this toilet. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was soaking wet. Whoops. Yeah. And that actually also leads into the last of the top 10 tips um, is to occasionally run if you have a sump pump run it in the manual mode so most sump pumps and in milton uh, a vast majority of the homes in milton um, and in halton and even peel regions um, have a sump pump sump pump basically uh, collects the water into a pit that was absorbed by the weeping tile around the foundation of the home 
most homes will find that the sump pump doesn't go off on I've a very never, regular ever basis. Heard mine. Yeah, and that's because it's properly graded, um, and there's absorption areas in your yard that are working properly. Um, so it's never going to go off on its own. You need to run it every once in a while to get that motor going because there is a motor in that pit. So um, once the water rises to a certain level, there's an activation point, and then it turns it on automatically. But if it if the water level never gets to that point, the sump pump is not going on. And if it's not going on, when you need it to go on, there's a bad time to find out that it's seized or not working properly. So most of them have, um, uh, it's plugged into a, um, a sensing uh receptacle. I don't know what, what you it's call a technical it. technical term. Te- technical term for it. Um, you just disconnect the two and plug the, um, plug the plug to the motor into the receptacle and, uh, and it'll run itself manually. Or sometimes they have a little lever that's attached to a float. So if yours has a lever at the top, you just lift that up and that should engage it also. Yep. Have both options. Um, yeah, you don't want to run it dry though. If it's if the pit's dry, maybe put some water in it. You can test it that way too to make sure the float's working properly. Yep. Get a hose, fill it up, make sure it runs. Yeah, or a big bucket of water should do it. Yeah, or a couple of buckets, but well, yeah, letting it run. And um, some pumps, like the the pits, can actually stink sometimes if there's stagnant water, because bacteria can grow on it uh, or grow in it. So um, maybe adding water and letting it run is is a good way of of doing that. I don't know if anybody ever adds any additives in there to prevent bacteria or, or stench or whatever, like maybe a drop of bleach or something. Um, I've never heard of that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. And there's new ones that. now too. So the new, well, the new bylaw is or building code, sorry, is there's a a backflow valve, which I learned about. So some of the older ones, when it's oh yeah pushing the water out. Anything that doesn't make it to the end will come right back down. Yep. The new ones have a valve that closes so nothing can come back into the pit. Right. Which is good. Any other? So that was the top 10. Some general things. Like one of the worst things I can think of that just general cleaning is cleaning your fridge. How many houses have we walked into that are just, you open the fridge and it stinks so bad. Just need some hot water and vinegar, maybe a bit of baking soda. Some of them are nasty, like beyond takes, nasty. It takes just, an hour. Yeah. Empty the fridge. You probably have things that are expired or you're not using. Get rid of it because a nice opening a, a fridge that's nice and clean and well organized make make you feel a whole lot better and make you want to cook and, and eat uh, yeah. healthier. I don't know, but um, I forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. But but yeah, it clean. looks better and it doesn't stink. Yeah. Same as front load washers. You have to run the clean cycle. A lot of people probably don't even know they have that function. Yeah, the fresh a, tabs. You, you could just throw those? you could just throw bleach in the tub. We do that. Bleach? Yeah. We are anti bleach. Well. Maybe baking soda? Well, you think the tablets are any better? Oh, we don't use those tablets. What do you use? Uh it's a uh chemical free uh I don't want to say they remove stains the best, but we have a separate stain thing, but, um, no, for cleaning the tub. Oh, oh, the, uh, like regular tub. Yeah. Like, um, like a shower tub and whatever. No, cleaning the laundry tub Oh, laundry for the tub. washing machine. 
laundry tub for like not the tub in the wa- not the washing machine itself the separate no sink. the washing the sink. machine the, the machine. front load washing machine right yes so yeah we don't we use a chemical what are you free- talking about stains though for the clothes the stuff that we use is not great for the stains but it doesn't have any bleach or any of those any I'm not talking chemicals. about cleaning your clothes oh my god I'm talking about cleaning the washer the machine yes <laughs> okay use the fresh tabs Okay, anyways, so there's a, most washers will have, we're just going to move on, will have a tub clean function. Don't use bleach. We'll have another conversation another day, another podcast. But you push and hold, on mine, you push and hold a button, and then it goes into this tub clean function. And all it does is sanitizes it, it basically allows, well, it doesn't sanitize unless you put something in it, such as bleach. But it, or vinegar. Or vinegar, maybe, yeah. It um, it fills up the water level higher than normal so that it can get into the seals of the door. And that's... So I actually had a leak with my front load washer. I have two. Which a lot of people might not recognize, but front load washers, um, when you open the door, there is a pretty hefty seal um, around the the opening the rim and what happened to me was i was i i had a stack of of laundry just in front of the washer and i'm i was loading everything in and you know i don't do it one piece at a time i just grab a bunch and and throw it in well what i didn't realize was when i did that some of the stuff i was throwing in caught the the seal it wasn't in and it's not glued in or anything. It's just on it's on a little rim. So you thought it was in, but it wasn't in. I thought this I I didn't even think about it. The why are you smirking? <laughs> Nothing. Keep going. Some kind of innuendo. Keep going. It's okay. So <laughs> So I was loading the stuff in and it caught the seal. The seal just it it pulled off of the track oh. of the seal. I was thinking maybe so like the closed. arm was hanging out and then water got through that. No, no, everything was in the the washing machine, but it caught the the seal. The seal went off the track. And when the load started, just the tiniest bit of water started trickling out in front of the door and onto the floor. And thankfully, I was home and came upstairs. Uh, I forgot something upstairs, so I came upstairs and I saw there's water in the hallway. And we're talking about maybe two minutes, but there was already water in the hallway. And I saw the the bead, just a small bead of water yeah. dripping. And I opened it up, and sure enough, I noticed that the seal was off the track, and that was the culprit. That was the reason that we had a leak. And the water actually did find its way, surprisingly, it found its way to the garage. That's happened with my dishwasher before, too. Just a little bit of water getting out because it wasn't shut properly somehow. Yeah. Something got in the way. Yeah, you got to be careful. With and those, those washers often have actual, um, like mine has a door at the bottom you flip down. And it has a thing you can pull out a hose and it actually uh, collects, like kind of like collects lint almost. Like it's an extra area that you should be cleaning regularly, so you should check the owner's manual. Hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if mine has that or not. I think imagine most do. 
Any other tips? I think that's it. Tipped out. Well, that was uh, 10 or 11 great tips for maintaining your home and getting shit done around the house this summer. There you go. That was episode 33.